Welcome to Kayla's Couch, a podcast about faith, family, mental health, and anything else. Grab a seat and get cozy as we discuss life as a Christian, a parent, a student, a person. Settle in and let's catch up. It's Kayla's Couch. Hello out there and thanks for listening. I'm Kayla and I'm so grateful that you decided to join me on the couch today. Today's episode is about anxiety. Since this podcast was created to be a space where I could share what I'm learning about mental health, I figured I would start with what I personally struggle with. Now, if you listened to my personal story in episode one, you already know that I've had anxious tendencies since childhood. It wasn't really something I was aware of before I was an adult seeking answers for my anxiety attacks. I was looking for help with what was happening to me in just that moment, so it wasn't until I was really made aware of what anxiety looks like that I thought, hmm, I've actually had those kinds of thoughts forever. It just hadn't affected me physically before. So a lot of you know I have always been an overthinker to the point where I talk over decisions and um options over and over again. And I'll throw in an apology to my poor husband because he's such a good supporter and listener, but I'm sure I drive him nuts when I do that. Because I definitely still do that, even though I've been through counseling now. I thought constantly about what needed to be done, what didn't get done, our finances, my career choices, work opportunities. Honestly, I'm still thinking about all those things. They're normal things to think about, but there's never any relief or time of relaxation. It's just constant fatigue and restlessness because my mind never shuts off. And I dealt with the all or nothing thinking that since I couldn't handle everything, I would make progress in none of them. And then the guilt and the stress just grew. Honestly, I thought and I still struggle with the thought that I'm just a lazy person because I just wouldn't do anything when in reality I was so overwhelmed with all of the things that I would choose to do none of them. So after dealing with what's called disenfranchised grief for so long and suppressing painful feelings, the stress and anxiety The anxiety attacks just became too much to handle. Um, It feels like it starts with like a tightness in my throat and my chest. And I feel dizzy and short of breath. It feels like choking, to be completely clear. Like it just feels like I can't breathe, I can't move. And one morning before church a few years ago, I had an anxiety attack just out of nowhere. I had no idea why it started, and that was really scary to me. So um, it was after that one that I found my counselor and began my counseling journey. And the first session of, a, of counseling is called an intake session. It's basically an interview. The counselor will ask all kinds of questions about you, your life, your family, your job, other social circles. And then she asked why I was there. 
And to be honest, I felt kind of like an imposter in that moment. I hadn't had an anxiety attack in a few weeks by that time, and I felt like I should have known how to deal with that on my own. I think that being a Christian, sometimes it's hard to navigate through mental health issues because I feel like I should have just sought Jesus more or prayed more, and I felt really silly sitting in the office. But once I started talking through what had been happening um, and what I'd been struggling with, and also telling the counselor that I'd lost a child five years earlier and hadn't received counseling or therapy, um, it started to make sense that I needed guidance through those feelings. And when she validated what had been happening, and when she called it anxiety, it gave me some relief for the first time in a really long time. Just having someone else tell me that there was a name for it and a treatment plan to work on it, it felt really good. So over the next few months, I met with my counselor every other week, and sometimes I would feel that silliness again because it had been a good two weeks. And then there were some times where I was counting down the days until my session because I needed help knowing how to work through something that had come up. For the beginning months, I jokingly referred to it as book club because she would give me reading as homework and I had to do it because we would discuss it the next time. So the first book she ever recommended to me was called Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And it's amazing. I tell everybody, anybody about it. She takes Paul's writing about taking every thought captive and also the chapter Romans 8 and applies it to the psychological technique of reframing anxious thoughts. So it gave me a tangible process for stopping an anxious thought in its tracks, reframing it and replacing it with biblical truth. So if any of that sounds good to you, check it out. Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And if you like it, you can follow it up with um, another book that she wrote called Nothing to Prove. That one's about comparison and learning to look to God for validation and who he says you are. It's so good. Um, Now, like I said before, I still struggle with anxious thoughts. It's just how I've lived my adult life so far. So the reframing of thoughts and other techniques we worked on, those were new to me. I still get out of practice of that sometimes and find myself in a tough spot before I realize what's happening and try to pull out of it. So now I know that that means I'm not prioritizing what I need to be prioritizing and I need to spend more time in prayer and scripture. Honestly, any time in prayer and scripture, because sometimes, unfortunately, that falls to the wayside in life when it gets busy. And when I get too busy and I get overwhelmed and I'm not in my home enough, which happens, there's some weeks where I feel like I'm never home, but that's not okay. (laughs) I need to learn how to say no to other things in order to prioritize my time with the Lord, because that's really what keeps me in a good place. Um, So after I've had time in prayer and in the Bible, then I get out my planner and I write down what things I'm having trouble prioritizing. And I work out my next few days to include those things in my schedule. Because if I keep it all in my head, it seems like too much and I don't do anything at all. But once I write it down or say it out loud, I realize it's not that much. It's not too much. 
Um, and it's not as bad as it seemed. It's doable. So I don't know if I'm giving away trade secrets here, but I'll share the first couple of suggestions my counselor gave me after my first session. So first was up my protein intake. That was the first thing she told me was to make sure I was getting enough protein because protein deficits affect cognition in your brain and the functions that control your mood, your energy, and it contributes to anxiety and depression. So I had like a protein shake every morning for a couple weeks and then just tried to, you know, work in more um, meat and and other things in my diet. Um, And then the second suggestion she had for me was to get a planner that broke down each day by hour and literally to fill in every hour of that day, even if it was downtime, even if it was scheduling, watching TV at night. (laughs) She knew that I was having trouble seeing what I needed to accomplish and how much time I had throughout the week to do it. So this included everything, housework, my kids' schedules, commitments I had, and I was working full-time back then. So I'd get home and feel touched out, overstimulated, just dead tired all the time. It was necessary to schedule everything out until I felt like it was doable. And that might not be something that works for everyone, but having a plan took a lot of the need to overthink away. So it took away some of the guilt I had for letting things fall behind. And I don't know if that resonates with anyone out there, but even if one person says that sounds like me, I feel like sharing all of this is worth it because it can be embarrassing sometimes to admit that I struggle with anxiety, but I know I'm not alone. Somebody who listened to the first episode of Kayla's Couch sent me a YouTube video to check out, and it was an interview between Dr. Amen and um, Dr. Amen's clinic has developed a technique of using brain scans to shape a patient's mental health treatment. And the interview was between Dr. Amen and Lisa Turkhurst, who's a Christian author and speaker. And she had had a brain scan done at his clinic, and the interview went over her results and how her scan showed how past trauma and chronic anxiety had affected her brain and its function. So I was already aware of Dr. Amen and his clinic before seeing this video. Um, And Amen is A-M-E-N, like amen, uh, if you want to look it up. It's really interesting stuff. So um, to see him go through a scan and explain how the anxiety and depression can be caused by past trauma or even brain injury was really interesting to me. Honestly, it made me want to get a scan done just to see what would come up Um, because you could see spots on her scan. And according to his research and all the scans he's done, um, I can't even imagine how many he's done at, at this point, but you can see um, like trauma spots. If you if you look up the interview, I'll actually put the link in the description of this podcast and then also probably link it on Instagram. But if you watch it, you can see the spots where um, they almost make like a diamond shape on the brain and they light up on the scan and it shows, um, he calls it trauma spots because those degenerated parts of the brain are caused by, you know, that trauma. Um, So it was really cool. Definitely go check it out if that sounds interesting to you at all. Um, I really like that somebody sent that to me. That was really cool. 
Um, I love the interaction that I'm having with listeners, people sending me things and emailing me. Um, you know, I love to cover anything related to the podcast, faith, family, mental health. And that interview was way cool. So if you come across something you think I would cover on the podcast, please send it my way. You can send an email at kaylascouch at gmail.com or even DM me on Instagram at kaylascouchpod. Um, If you're scrolling through and you see a cool reel, um, send it to me. I love that stuff. Okay, so last thing before I switch gears and I'm really excited about this. So I mentioned at the end of the Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month episode that I was working on a resource to share, and it's done. Um, I wrote a short devotional journal with 14 scriptures. So if you do one a day, it's like a two-week long devotional. Um, The scriptures are those that were personally encouraging to me when I feel anxious, unprepared, disorganized, alone. Um, It's called Prayers for Anxiety, but it's really for anyone who could use encouragement straight from scripture. The major theme of the journal is being aware that God is near and calling out to him. Um, It's going to be available through Etsy. It's a printable resource. There is a small cost. It's $2.99, and the link will be shared um, also in the description of this episode and on my Instagram page. I'd love it if you check it out and share thoughts with me. Uh, If you decide to download it and work through it, please let me know. That'd be so exciting to me. Um, It's my first piece of writing that I'm putting out into the world, and um, I feel like I feel like it's good, you know, I'm just, I poured my heart into it. So I hope you feel that. I hope you go check it out. And yeah, thanks. Okay, switching gears, something fun. Um, You know, not that that wasn't fun, but a little bit off topic of mental health is books I wish I could read for the first time. This was a suggested topic for me to cover. Um, So I thought that was a great idea. Books I wish I could read again for the first time. So starting off is probably probably um, an easy one, and maybe one a lot of others would agree with is Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. When I read that, let's see, I read that for the first time, I think in in eighth or ninth grade, I was working through the books. Um, I was borrowing them one at a time from um, a amazing lady at my church. So every week um, she would give me the next one. And by the end, I was like, I need two or three at a time because I would finish them in like two days. And it was just like magical for lack of a better word. Like what a world that that is. And my husband and I are actually working through the movies right now. We just got oh we're probably halfway through half-blood prince because we're so like old and dead tired by the end of the day that we can't get through a two and a half hour movie so we're halfway through number six and then we'll have the two deathly hallows movies to watch after that but yeah you know books are always better there's so much detail in it and like i just couldn't I couldn't imagine reading a series or another book like that again in my life and feeling the same way. Um, Just like it was the first time I felt like truly transported to a different world when reading is the coolest thing. And um, I'm assuming a lot of people have read them. But if by some crazy chance you haven't, it's never too late. 
go get yourself Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and have at it. It's the best. Following that up with, and I apologize in advance, but it's just true, is Twilight. I love Twilight. I'm a huge fan. Team Edward. Don't come for me. Uh, My husband's Team Jacob, so we're a split household. But anyway, um, I was a teenager. I think I was, oh, I was in eighth grade for sure, because I was reading it and getting made fun of a little bit. Um, So I remember that it was eighth grade, which was maybe too young to be reading them. But I loved them. I loved it. I loved the love story. And I think if I read it for the first time now, I don't think I'd root for any one of them, to be honest. I think like a lot of it was toxic. (laughs) And a lot of it was like, I don't know, pretty bad as far as relationships go. I mean, she was like in love with him in like two days. And he was pretty awful to her. Um, but then it turned around and he was like way over the top into her. But again, if I, you know, if I read it again and I was a teenager again, that feeling is what I would like to have again. Not, not reading it now for the first time. Now I love it because it's nostalgic, you know? Um, and I just gloss over the parts that (laughs) are pretty problematic. Um, okay. 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 Moving on. The last song, the last song by Nicholas Sparks. Um, I love that book. And it's a movie also. And I do love the movie too. But um, that song, that, not song, that book made me weep, like sob, cry. And I won't give any of it away. But like, I loved that book. I was so into it, so invested. And if I could read that one again, I think that would be really cool because I just, I loved that book. I'm not really, I'm not wanting to give stuff away. So I, I'm having trouble like giving reasons for why I would want to read it again um, for the first time, I mean. Um, but yeah, that was probably it. It's just my emotional like attachment to the characters in that book and like rooting for them and crying for them. And that was just, you know, as a reader, it's the best. When you get to the end of the book and you just kind of like hug it to your chest because you're like, oh, no, it's over. And it was so good. That's how I felt with that book. Um, Lastly, last but not least, is The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. Now, you'll see a theme here. These are all like things I had read in eighth and ninth grade. But that's the point of wanting to read it for the first time again, because that was when I was like, experiencing like life for the first time you know you become a teenager you think you know everything you're reading these books and it's just like so dramatic and I don't know so The Fault in Our Stars if you haven't read it or seen the movie it's about these two kids who have cancer and they fall in love through this like support group that they're both in Um, and it's really awesome like they make friends and it's like it's sad because they're both dying but they like each other and it's like teen love but with this like really mature thing that's happening to them it was the first book I read in one sitting I got it um I like I got it at the end of the school day and I stayed up till like two or three o'clock in the morning like I just I read the whole thing in one sitting. 
I couldn't be bothered that day. And it was amazing. I love any book that can make me cry. I don't know why. It makes me feel good to cry. Maybe that's a girl thing. Maybe that's an anxiety thing. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But having a good cry sometimes feels cathartic. And if it's like for something else, like outside of yourself, it just feels better. I don't know. I might cut that part out. If you hear it, then I, for whatever reason, decided to keep it in. But that's just how I feel about it. Well, that is all for this episode. I hope you join me next time. Um, It's been great, you know, talking through anxiety and um, some awesome books. And again, I hope you'll check out that uh, journal that I have put out into the world and uh, let me know what you think about it because, you know, I want to know, should I keep doing it? Should I do something else? Let's see. Okay. At this point, I think I'm just rambling. So thanks for joining me on the couch today and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing or sending it to a friend. You can follow me on Instagram at Kayla's Couch Pod and send me an email at Kayla's Couch at gmail.com with any feedback or recommendations you have. Let's hang out again. It's Kayla's Couch. <laughs>